Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. How's everybody doing tonight? Good to see you guys. Hey, come on. Help me welcome in our other locations tonight and everyone watching online. We are so glad that you're with us tonight. And uh, look, we're going we're gonna to kind of dive right in. And um, we're going to do part two to uh, the testimony that I gave this Easter weekend um, about a, a really powerful experience that I had with Jesus. And um, so if you have not heard Sunday's Easter message, um, you need to go online and listen to that <laughs> because, because there's a lot I want to talk about. And so, so I don't know, I'm, 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 I'll talk about it again this Sunday. I'll probably talk it about, about, about it again on the following Wednesday. Um, then Jimmy Evans is going to be here, I think, the Sunday after that. So that's going to be awesome because he's one of our overseers. So I'm really looking forward to him speaking in to everything. And because um, I just want to talk about Jesus. And um, I do. And so Carrie, Carrie was, was helping me last Sunday, um, kind of walking me through questions and things like that. Now I have Pastor Clay helping me um, tonight. And uh, Clay and I and a lot of our pastors, about 20 or 25 of our pastors were together the last couple of days and, and I was sharing with them and um, they were asking me things and and, um, and so he's got some good context from those conversations that I think will be good for tonight. And uh, so I just want to lay a, a couple of things out there, and then I want to pray, and, and we'll jump right into it. And so what I've told Clay, there's, there's a whole lot to talk about, and um, there's a whole lot of things that, that Jesus showed me, but I don't want to rush it. And so we're just going to kind of pray that the Holy Spirit guide our conversations and, um, and we have some of your questions. I really encourage you to, to um, go to our website and email in questions. And so we'll just talk and we'll probably um, end around 8.30. And then we'll give you the opportunity to, if you need, I know some of you have kids and, and things like that, you need to go. So if you need to go around then when we dismiss, you can. Um, but we're going to have a time of ministry after that. So if you can stay, we'd love you to stay. And because uh, I think God's going to do some really powerful things. So, yeah. And then uh, one more thing. I just can't overemphasize enough how important this Friday is with our students. Um, this is our monthly. Yeah, come on. Come on. Help me out. Right. So. 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 So this is our monthly riot night, you know, with our students. Um, middle school and high school, also sub-30, also the, those in college, and uh, I'll be here. And if you're a parent of a student, I invite you um, to, to come. They have a great section for us right up there in the back, so we don't. Uh, and um, I'm going to be here praying over our young people. And so listen, your student, or if you know students, man, if you would just pray, if you would just ask God, who you can bring Friday night. Please get students here. They need Jesus. God shows up every single time. 
I just can't overemphasize that enough, especially in light of what I experienced uh, this past Friday night at our Good Friday service. Also, I want to say this, and then we'll pray. Um, it's, it's very appropriate that any Christian, any follower of Jesus should be guarded when they hear anyone, especially a pastor, say anything like, I had a visitation from Jesus, I met with Jesus, anything like that, what I'm trying to say is, it's not only okay to be guarded, but you should be guarded. Because the Bible says that we're to test the spirits, and when someone says something like that, believe me, I'm one of those people, and when someone would say something like that, immediately you need, you need to be guarded. And then the things they share need to obviously line up with the Word of God. And, um, and then also, you know, so I have, you know, I was thinking uh, yesterday, you know, like, like Bob Hoskins, the founder of One Hope. He's 83 years old right now. I think it's the most powerful global ministry there is. They've gotten the word of God into the hands of over 1 billion uh, children around the world. And um, Bob had a visitation from Jesus when he was seven years old that he still talks about today that was, I mean, that just set the course for uh, for for everything in his life that he still talks about today that he still draws from. And so, you know, I just, I just can't believe that, that I had that experience. I never expected it. And, um, and so I just want to say that if you're a celebration, if you're in my congregation, if another pastor, if another leader says, man, I saw Jesus or I had a visitation from Jesus or I met with Jesus, I want you to be guarded, Okay. Now, love believes all things, but I'm just saying that that's, that's, a, good, uh, that's a good filter to have because here, here's what will happen. If you know Jesus and you don't have some type of religious filter or an already predisposed something, the Holy Spirit, listen, the testimony of Jesus is faithful and true. And the spirit will confirm with your spirit and you, you're going to, that's Jesus. You're going to know that. And then the fruit of that, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. So the fruit of that is what I'm talking about. Does that inspire your faith? Does it make you want to know Jesus more? Does it make you hungry for the word of God? The Bible says a bad tree can't produce good fruit. And so, so, so I just kind of want to lay that out there, uh, for everyone, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I don't know if you want to maybe right now, just for 60 seconds, we understand that maybe there's people joining us um, right now and, and maybe you weren't with us at uh, one of our Easter gatherings or maybe you weren't at our Good Friday service and so you just walked into church, maybe you're out of town and you came back and now you're hearing this and so pastor, I don't know if you wanna give maybe like, like a 60 second recap of a little bit, that's impossible. Because we're going to jump into a lot of great, great other stuff. But just for, just for people who don't know and are like, when did, when, did you, when did you see Jesus? When did you, you know, just that, that moment on Good Friday as, as short and as sweet. And, and the, that, that, he explained it, he and Pastor Kerry, at our 1130 Easter service this, this past weekend. And that service is available for people um, to catch online. So you can go back and watch the whole thing. But if you just wanted to tee that up one more time yeah, real quick. Yeah, I talked about it at all services. And like I'm saying, I mean, you know, I know what that sounds like. 
I'm fully aware of the consequences when someone says something like that. And lo and behold, it's Easter Sunday, you know, and, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, so, yeah, here comes all these first-time guests, and there's the pastor saying he saw Jesus and met with Jesus. And it's just uh, so, you know, so like I'm, like, like I'm saying, it, it's never happened to me. I've never heard the audible voice of God. God's always spoken me through the word and by that, 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 that prompting through the word. And when so, he speaks to me something about something where I'm not reading the Bible, it's, it's just like an impression and then it's there. And, and, and that is the way the, the God speaks to people. And in, in my encounter with Jesus yes. confirms that, that we can elaborate on later. Um, but, uh, but basically our good Friday service with, uh, with pastor Paul Wilbur, and you have to kind of understand the whole yeah. context of this revival. And I think we're going to talk will, about yeah. that. Um, when Paul was leading us in the Seder service and, and, and communion and the Lord's Supper. And so when Paul began to read the scripture or speak the scripture in Hebrew, um, the part where Jesus says, you know, this is my body that was broke, uh, broken for you, you know, take, eat, do this. And remember to me, when he said that in Hebrew, I don't know if it was the first word, half of the first word, like it was Paul, but then it changed. Yeah. And it was a different voice. And the best way I can describe it, it was like it went from um, mono to stereo. And I know Paul's voice. And this was a different voice. That's, that's all I can yeah. say. Yeah. And so that's kind of started. I was standing right, right here. Paul was up there, and that started this whole, um, this heavenly vision. Yeah. I don't know if I was in the body, out of the body. I know that I was in the heavenly realm with Jesus. Yeah. I don't know if, you know, Jesus came down or, or I went up, but I was there. Yeah. And, um, and so that's, right. that's, you know, and, and right, you know, after Paul said that, I heard it twice more and at some point like that that's when if Paul was there and I was here and there was such a holy fear there was the Holy Spirit was so thick and and at some point that's when that's when Jesus showed up it 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 was the person of Jesus on the Holy Spirit was there this was the second person of the Trinity. This was Jesus. This was Jesus. And I, and I, and I knew, I, 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 I don't know what my, but I was like, this is G Jesus. G Jesus is like a felt confirmation. Oh, it was Jesus. Yeah. There was yeah. no, there was no mistake. It yeah. was Jesus. And then that's when all of a sudden I began to, I was no longer here, even though I was here, I was there with him at the Lord's table and Jesus was leading right. our congregation, those who were here in communion, but then there was his table there and the, you know, I have to be genuine about what I experienced. Yeah. 
okay? So I know how some of these things sound, okay? But I was there, and his table was there. It wasn't like back in the, the earth. It wasn't like a dark room, yeah. you know, like Jesus was sweating, and the disciples were there and all that. It was, it was like a heavenly table, and Jesus was there, and I was right by him. And those, those disciples or those apostles were there. They were there. And our congregation was out there. Yeah. And, and. Yeah. And, he, and, and you clarified, like he was, he was here. You didn't see the face of Jesus. He was at your side. He was at my side. I, 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 I saw him. You know, I know you're going to be shocked, but he had on a white robe and brown hair. I'm sure that's shocking. You know, I've never, I've never tried to picture Jesus because I just always felt any picture or any movie had to be just so below. Do y'all feel like that? Like, I don't, I don't. And, and so when I saw him, it, he was, he was not facing me. He was, he was facing this way and he was saying that in Hebrew and I saw his side. So I saw his brown hair, I saw yeah. the white robe and there was a glow. There was like a glow kind of around him and, and yeah. around his face. Yeah. And then again, obviously that in much more detail with he and Pastor Kerry from this, uh, from this last Easter weekend. And so you can go and, and you can watch that online and you, and you can hear it all in a lot of great detail as they explained it together. And uh, we don't want that to take up all the time tonight because you know we already went, went down that road. But we do want to talk about some more things tonight. But as you already mentioned, Pastor, so this last Monday night, um, pastor, myself, all of our other uh, staff pastors and, and lead team guys, even our other pastors from our other locations, Orlando, Washington, D.C., Fort Lauderdale, everyone came uh, to a, a special dinner that we had, all of us, and, uh, and Pastor just shared with us. Obviously, it was, it was like a great family room, living room. Yeah, and the cool thing about that was this was planned months ago. It was, yeah. And we had no idea yeah. what was going to yeah happened that weekend before. And so it was just a, it was, I mean, obviously I was there that night. It was, it was just a humbling family gathering, family talk about all of this, about where our church is at, you know, where, where we're headed, what, what might change all of these things for the future and how God's leading us. But, um, but you talked about, and one of the things I thought would be great to share is you talked about that since the beginning of this year, since January of this year, when we got into the awakening season, revival happened and Wednesday night services came back and how awesome have they been on Wednesday nights and um, just Wednesday, right? Like revival Wednesday. And, and if you've been with us on Wednesdays, you've seen, like you've seen these moments of altar ministry and people being set free and, and it's just been a phenomenal atmosphere. But, but you let us in, th those of us at that dinner that night, you let us in that some of those moments that the Lord was prompting you to do certain ministry moments and certain altar moments and call certain groups of people forward for prayer, but even when you first felt God ask you to do it, you were kind of like, Lord, that, that's, that, that might be going too far. Maybe that's really personal to people. And so, so really this whole year, the Lord has been kind of prompting you and nudging you, so to speak, to, to really do, could you explain like 
some of those moments. And yeah, so you know, one of the ways that we've we've always been blessed and always been gifted here at Celebration, and we talk about you know we always have an eye, and we still do for our first time guests and and people coming in, and so a lot of our ministry is based on what you would call you know how is the visitor going to feel. Um, you know, we, we just, we want to represent Jesus well, and, and we, you know, we want it to be a safe environment, and, you know, we're, we're passionate about God, but there were just a lot of those filters, and um, what happened at the beginning of the fast, both in my personal life and in the church, God dealt with me real quickly um, after he, he spoke to me that revival is not about doing something new, revival's about restoration, yeah, yeah. And I want to, it's about restoring, it's not about something new, it's about restoring what's been lost or neglected or to, to its original intent so we can experience that power. And so I would say this, what God did, God is so good, he's so smart. And so what, what God did with me was he, one of the things he was like, look, if, if, if the church is going to see restoration... I need you to really be spirit-led and be willing to step out into some things. Who I've called you to be originally when I called you 28 years ago. And, And like there's the season, this is a season now that the church is coming into where you need to step in more to your truer, your truer identity, and, and, and that, that's going to go along with the church. And so I need you to be spirit-led, and I really need you to be spirit-led. And if I'm prompting you to do something, I need you to do it. So anyway, there was just many. The staff can tell you about them. There were many of these moments when God would prompt me to do something in the service or even in my personal life that I was like, Man, Lord, if I do that, and that's not you, I mean, that's going to be really embarrassing. Like, I mean, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure we've all felt those moments. God's yeah. asking you to step out. Like, yeah. And I can remember things God would prompt me to do. He would He would say something like, you know, you know, there's atheist in here, and you know that that, that service where I said that the, the atheist and 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 Jessica gave her testimony and, and there's atheists in here like her and agnostics and you I need you to call out the atheist <laughs> I'm thinking man are, are, do a lot of atheists come to church now like I, I, I you know I'm like <laughs> and so you know like the time where God said everyone in here is getting saved yeah, yeah. so my first thing is like is that even biblical? Like narrow is the way. Like, like believe me, which that's what I'm saying. You need to be guarded. I don't think God's, I, I'm processing things through the scriptures, I think like God would want me to. But in all of these moments and calling different people forward and then in my personal life and, and there's some things there and, and it always came down to this. At first I would kind of, ah, that can't be, and then God would just, no, no, are you going to do it? And every time what it really came down to was either following God or self-preservation. Yeah. That's what it came down to. 
It came down to self-preservation, me not wanting to look whatever, crazy, off, what is he doing, um, offending people, all of those things. But at, at everyone, that's what it really came down to. It came down to self-preservation. Um, you know, when Jesus said, you know, if you want to be my disciple, if you, it, it, you have to lay down your life, you know. And uh, so that, there was a series of those that led up to Friday night. And then after that experience, once I was just able to process it, <laughs> then the Holy Spirit was like, share it. Share it. So there I am again. I mean, wow. And then the Holy Spirit just remind, reminded me of that. Like, cause I'm like, you know, it's Easter. Is this what, whatever? Like I'm calling staff. Y'all need to check this, you know, all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, it still came down to self-preservation or following Jesus. And uh, so, yeah. and for I mean, and for those of us who remember some of those moments in the past two months when that altar call did happen and that ministry moment did happen, I mean, just like responding in, in obedience to the Lord, you come up here like, all right, God, I'm gonna do this. And we all saw with our own eyes the amount of people who came forward and were ministered to. And, and I just think when, when you said that, when you were talking to all of us about that on Monday night, man, that just, that, I think that, that word self-preservation, man, I think that can hit in every believer's life. God says, go talk to your neighbor, but, but what if they think blah, blah, blah. Go speak to that person in the grocery store, but what if, what if they think, go pray for that person, but what if they don't have that? And, and it all comes back to us trying to save face when, when really it's, it's you knowing the voice of the shepherd, come on, when you first hear it, like you gotta know the voice first. And, and then you were stepping out and I'm thankful that you did step out in those moments um, over the past couple months because it, it led to a lot of good ministry and freedom opportunities for a lot of people. Um, Thank you, so, Jesus, glory um, to God. Hey, what about this, Pastor? What about, um, you know, one thing that I think most of us, if you've been in celebration for a while now, I think a lot of, we, we reach a lot of people who are very unchurched. Um, celebration was their first try at church. So they don't even necessarily come from another religious background. We were their first open door. And, and so they don't, they don't really have a framework for any, anything, um, spiritually, religiously, whatever. And so, Pastor, to the person who might be in these services, they're hearing you and, and Pastor Kerry talk about some of this. Um, if they don't have a strong, well-versed background, and they might be asking themselves, like, like can this even happen? Like, can, can, can Jesus do this? Like, are there rules to Jesus appearing to people? Like, what are the rules? I'd love to know the rules. And, and, and like, maybe they're unsure, like, like, you know, okay, he, he appeared to people in scripture after his resurrection, over 500 people saw him. Um, he appears to Paul on Damascus. He appears in a vision to John who writes the entire book of Revelation. So, so we see all these appearances, but can Jesus still do that now? Like, what's up with that? And, and so maybe to the person who's just honestly like, I'd love to learn. Like, could you maybe speak to some of that and, and, and just Jesus yeah, appearing? So, so you, you experiencing God in all kind of ways and you receiving healing and you um, experiencing God's miracles, you know. We, we believe that the Bible is real clear 
on those things. And it's the very essence of who Jesus is. Jesus is a healer. Uh, Jesus frees people up. He came to destroy the works of of the devil. You know, when the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, uh, Peter said, you know, this is not only for you, but this is for your children. It's for your children's children. This is for those who are far, far off. He says, you know, your old men will what? Dream dreams, you know, um, and your young men will see visions. Jesus says these signs will follow those who believe. And then, and then so, so Acts is not a history book. Acts is the living word of God that gives us patterns about. Now, I'll say this. And so, so, and especially if you are around the world a lot, as I am, in very poverty-stricken nations and in, in with believers that are persecuted for their faith. I mean, wow. It, uh, a, a theology that didn't have that would not work. And um, there is a theology out there called cessationism. It's pretty rare today, but it's, it's a teaching that all of the, the gifts and the signs and the wonders and miracles and God speaking to people like that, all of that ended when the last apostle died. That those acts were only for the uh, apostles. Okay, so there is a teaching um, out there. A very Western teaching, though. Very Western, very non-Jewish cultured, very late, very, you know, those... Uh, and like, you know, I was, I was, Rob Hoskins sent me this today, which he said this. He said, Tom Doyle, a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary, that is a very conservative seminary, has written a book that has been in, endorsed by the likes of uh, Ann Graham yeah. uh, Lutz. That, that's Billy Graham's. Is that his daughter? Yeah. Daughter? Is that his daughter? Um, Charles Dyer and Janet Parshall, and the title of his book is called Dreams and Visions, Is Jesus Awakening the Muslim World? He is convinced in his research, he is convinced that one-third of all Muslims in, in, in countries where you are, per, a Muslim country where you are persecuted for your faith, one-third of all Muslims have said that they come to Christ as a result of dreams and visions of Jesus. Okay? So, so the cessationist, I think, would be challenged to go and convince that believer who's about to die for his faith that when they came to Jesus through a dream and vision of him, that wasn't real. It's very Western. And um, the, here, let me give you a principle, a relational principle. Jesus loves people so much. Anything is possible within the context of his word that is going to enhance your relationship with him and is going to push you forward in, your, in what he's called you to do is what I experienced extremely rare. It is. Carrie and I still, we can tell you, I still can't believe it happened. I still have to go. I, I, I can't believe it, but it happened. So praise God. Yeah. Yeah, so, awesome. yeah, so, and I would say this, people, people that, like, what I'm saying is, if you don't believe, you know, that you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you don't believe that God does signs and wonders and miracles or healings today, well, you're going to have a real tough time yeah. with my testimony. That's like a whole nother yeah. deal. And, yeah. and so I would say that 
Um, also, if you're in our church, like we're, we're, we're already getting, uh, I mean, the, everything's been overwhelmingly positive, but there is. I mean, there's, we're, we're getting attacked in some areas and people writing things about me and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I would just say this, especially in this day and age of social media, it's fine for you. You know, if, if you want to say something and quote a scripture, but listen, most of those people will never be convinced. And so don't be drawn in to an argument that's, it's, and, and here's another thing. Here's another thing. Persecution is, is a very necessary component of our faith. It's very, it's very important. God allows it. It serves a purpose. I, I, I expect it. I, I fully understand what I'm up here saying. And so I just want our church to be okay with that. And, uh, and you know, we know whom we've believed. Yeah. And we know that the testimony of Jesus is faithful and true. Yeah. And, and everything that I'm saying, you can, I want you to check out in Scripture for yourself. And once again, as I said, here's what the Holy Spirit to- spoke to me on Sunday morning. The faithful, because I was, I, my first prayer was, Lord, you know what happened. You know, help people believe me that, you know, and man, it was like the Holy Spirit rebuked me, stopped me. Like, don't pray for that. Because, and there's what he spoke to me, because the testimony of Jesus is faithful yeah, yeah. and true. And the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. And we're all God's children. And so he, he's going to confirm that in you and the fruit will show itself. Yeah, that's great. Come on. And the people throwing rocks are the only ones losing ground. Come on, buddy. All right. That was just, y'all, y'all know me. So. Clay hey, said that, not up. me. I said that. You I can said quote pray me for on that. You can quote me on that. Um, all right. So. All right, so hey, one, so um, on our app, man, a lot, of, a lot of people have been submitting questions on our app, and we're so thankful for that. Thank you for sending in those questions, and you can continue to do that over uh, the course of the next week. But Pastor, I'll just ask you this. Um, in, that, in that experience, in that, in that encounter that you had on Friday night this past, um, what were maybe the two or three most overwhelming things about Jesus that you would say? Okay, so, so we, yeah, we... We processed that on uh, on Monday Monday night. So so definitely the two. Well, there's ten. Let me just say <laughs> there's a bunch. Let me say this. With a preacher, there's always ten. There's always. There's always if yeah. I think about one for too long, oh yeah, that's one too. Oh yeah, that's one too. But 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 obviously his overwhelming love. Now now let me explain. Let me explain what I mean by that. Okay. When I was next to Jesus, and you have to listen. To, to part one, when I was next to him, there, there was such a holiness about him. Like there was so much fear of God. I had the fear of God. It's like God is holy. You, you, there, there's a component where you feel unworthy, not because of sin, which this is very important. I had this question asked to me. Was there a, did you have a sin consciousness? In other words, when you, when you were next to Jesus, did you feel sinful? Now listen, no. There was no conscience of my sin. I felt fully forgiven, accepted, loved, belonged. The, listen, I'm a sinner, okay? I understand that. I'm a sinner saved by grace. 
but that I felt so close to Jesus. I, there was no sin like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that, and ooh, I wish I, like, there was none of that. It was, it was, there was no sin consciousness. Now, here's what there was. There was the fear of God. There was a holiness about Jesus that's just hard to put into words. And so that holiness, so here's what his love does. His love is so overwhelming, you, it overwhelms the whole, like, like it makes those that be able to exist. <laughs> Am I making sense? Like his love, watch, it's like this. He's so holy and he's awesome and he's God and, and we're, I'm, I'm not worthy in, in this kind of thing like that. But his love is so powerful. It's like mercy triumphs over judgment. It's like the, it's like his love is the anchor of my soul. It doesn't matter any other thing. Like his love is, that's why the love of God in Christ, if you were in Christ, that, that love is so it's so strong. Like I knew nothing, nothing can separate me from that love, including his holiness, in, including it, all of those majestic, awesome things about God. So it's like his love, that was like God is love. That's, that's the love that Jesus has for each and every one of us is so overwhelming, like, like, um, it's, it's, uh, so this, this is another thing that's important to understand, okay? So what I experienced in that heavenly realm, it's like this. I, I was not in the flesh. So, so, so much, watch, God loves all of us just like I'm describing right now, but we can't experience that that powerfully because we're in the flesh, there's like a veil. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's like a, like, so when, when that veil is lifted, where we're, when we're in that heavenly place, I'm sure, obviously, when we go to heaven, it, it would even be greater, but, but it's just like, it's just pure love. And the fear is not like, oh, I'm terrified. It's like this clean, pure, it's just fire. It's, it's, and I always touch, listen, <laughs> do you always see me? This, your spirit, I don't know what the deal with the, I'm, your spirit is here. It is, it is here. It's not here. It, it, it's here because when you, the way Jesus downloads and communicates, it's, it's here. Did that make sense? <laughs> and, and, we'll, and the other thing that you had mentioned about is I remember you mentioned in talking about um, the, the, the equality, treating, treating you as equal. Okay, that, that, that. Okay, so watch. This was the new. Besides his personality, that was the other thing. Like, like I always, listen, I know Jesus, like I said in part one, it's like so much of this was brand new, but it's like I'd known him forever. Like I couldn't be any closer to him. That's how all, that's how he feels about all his children. That's why, I don't know if next Wednesday or, or during worship or yeah. something, but I want to talk to our kids. I want to 
with your permission, I want to tell our kids and see kids about this experience and how much Jesus loves them and they don't need to be afraid. It's very important. Yeah. And so, 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 okay, so watch. I've always, man, my relationship with Jesus, it's always been, man, like he is God and he is God. He's God and I'm a servant. And like, I could not relate to those scriptures like when Jesus says, hey, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends, okay? When it says he's the firstborn among many brethren, I've never related to Jesus as a brother, I don't wanna, I, I just, he's God and he saved me. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so that was something brand new in my 28, yes, my 28 years of walking with God, this was a brand new, and that was, even though Jesus is so, he's God and he's Lord, it, I felt he treated me like an equal. I'm not an equal, okay? I'm telling you how Jesus treats people. I'm telling you how he treated his disciples. I'm telling you how he treats each and every one of us. Like, I've, he treats you like, it's like that Philippians 2. He treats you like a friend, like a brother, like you're on his team. Like I've never had an older brother, okay? Like I felt like Jesus, it's like he's some, he's God, but my brother's God. Do, do, you, do you see? So you feel like you feel invincible. You feel, you feel invincible with, with Jesus. He's like, like that. And I know I'm not doing it justice, but the thing of how he treats, he treats us. Yeah. Yes, we're his servants. Yes, but there's all these, he's God and he's Lord, but like, he's like a big brother and he's like, he's your friend. And so that's why I think I told you on the first one, like, like people were like, what do you, you know, how did he welcome you? He never welcomed, he never said, hey, Stovall, welcome. He ne you know what I'm saying? He never turned to me like, hey, I know this is going to be new. Like he did, you know, it was nothing. It was like this. It was like I belonged. It was, I, he didn't need to welcome me. It was, I couldn't be, I couldn't be any closer. I couldn't be any closer. I was fully known. I was fully loved. I was fully accepted. I was fully, I, I couldn't be closer. So, you know, it's almost like, I mean, in a much different way, but similar, you know, like Clay, when you walk in a staff meeting, like I don't need to turn and say, hey, Clay, how, how are you? Like, like yeah. it's like, well, you belong there. Yeah. Like, you, and so, and, and then that was that whole part of kind of where things went after the bread. We hadn't even got to anything that I thought we were gonna talk about tonight. So, because it's because because so it, it um and then that 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 went to like man like here's one thing like Jesus is a man of action he is not passive uh, uh, he he is a man of action he's on a mission which you would think like let me say it this way. Heaven's not at recess yeah. right now. There's not, so you yeah. know the idea like, 
like, like, okay, if you died, you go to heaven. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a break from all this stuff, which it is in that way. But it's not like, I mean, you're, what I felt was like, it's, they're not up there, everybody walking through the flowers and relaxing. There's no recess up there. He is on a mission. It is, it is, it is full, it, it is full steam ahead. And I felt that very strongly. And then that ties in, I don't know if yeah. we'll get to it tonight, what I felt like the mission component yeah. of that was for me and our church yes. that tied into that very strongly. We, yeah, I think we have a minute. So when you and I were speaking on the phone, uh, we, we were talking about the revival, right? And obviously we've, we've been in these revival atmospheres and... Um, and man, you know, this revival atmosphere here at Celebration Church, certainly we're not the first. There's been many revivals um, historically, very famous ones, you know, Azusa Street and these very famous uh, revivals. And, and they all, um, as we were talking, it, it, they, they all kind of had something very unique that was u- maybe unique to them. Maybe a, maybe a certain revival like, oh man, that was, that was God revealing himself as a healer. He was really showing his nature as a healer. Man, that revival just had tons of healing testimonies. And so there's these very almost unique things in these historical revivals that have taken place. And, um, and I mean, here over the last few months, sure, we've, we've seen people get healed, people get set free. We've seen people uh, surrender their life to Jesus, be water baptized, all of this stuff. But you felt that God was depositing something specific about um, the direction that this, this revival and what we're experiencing here and kind of the change uh, and, and the... The, the, you know, what's coming and, and the patterns that are changing and all that. Yes, yeah, so, so, so what he showed me and what he gave me was, it was specific direction or you could say, you could say implementation about this restoration. Yes. Okay? It's not new. It's God restoring things to its original intent so that they can have the meaning and the power that they're supposed to have. And so here's, so, so that the bride of Christ can be prepared yeah. to meet our groom. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, so, so, you know, that, a lot of that started here before, um, before Friday night, you know, like God said, build me an altar. You know, Bill, when he first said that, I'm thinking, well, we have an altar. No. He's like, he's like, no, build me an altar. Like, in other words, it, it, expand it. And it, it's not just, it's not just, it's a space, but it's what happens yes. in the space. Yes. Okay? And so, so. It's what happens in the space. And, and then, you know, I'll kind of share with y'all. Then he kind of showed me, you know, that, that it's going to be like, I know we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, but it's going to be like concentrated. And, and now this makes sense. Yeah. He said this is going to be like an, a symbolic of the temple. You know, there's the outer court, there's the inner court, and there's the holies of holies. There's degrees of my presence, okay? And, and... So, I don't know where to start. Well, 
So, so, so watch, so watch, okay? So one of the things, so one of the things about this vision, if y'all remember, the, the bread, okay? There was no revelation or instruction or anything with the wine, all right? Um, I know that wine was there and all that, like I'm saying, that, but that wasn't, that part of the Lord's table wasn't emphasized. It wasn't anything to me. And what God showed me was because my mission has to do with the body, okay? His bread represents his body. And this all goes back to this restorative process. Revival brings restoration. So, so, so watch this. The work of the cross, the cross, the message of the cross is reconciliation. Right. Are you following me? It's vertical. Think of the cross. It's vertical and it's horizontal. So it's Jesus reconciled us to God, but then there's the horizontal. He also reconciles us to one another, which is, which is why the whole racial diversity, ethnicity, a, a, a church that looks like heaven now, it, it all makes sense to me. That's why you see when the Holy Spirit is poured out in Acts, there's always reconciliation vertically with God and then reconciliation with man. It's Jew-Gentile. It's the day of Pentecost, the different uh, colors and all the Jews from the different regions. That's why, you know, when they heard that in their own language, they were all from different languages and, and ethnicities and even, even proselytes, it, it says there. And then, you know, Peter's, heavenly vision about the Gentiles and, and all these kind of things. And you look at the life of Jesus, the woman at the well. It's like, it's like, so watch, watch, watch. So, so the church, here's what I think. I'm not saying, I don't know, maybe I'll have another vision and Jesus will show me things about the wine, okay, his, his blood. But it's like this. I feel like I could be wrong. I feel like the church vertically, listen, I feel like we understand salvation by grace through faith. I feel like we have a strong foundation on the grace of God. I feel like where the church is with, with understanding, man, Christ died for our sins, we're justified by his blood. It's not about that vertical reconciliation is strong. What we don't have is the horizontal. Okay, we don't have, and that, so, so, so what he showed me is like the altar is like the hub for the prophetic building blocks that God wants to restore as a pattern so that the bride can be made ready. So, so one of the things he showed me, that scripture, you know, about, uh, yeah, do we have it? Yeah, I wrote it down. The, um, Ephesians 5? Yeah, Ephesians yeah. 5. I think it, it might be on the screen if they have Ephesians 5. Okay, look, verse yeah. 20. Is it up there? Yeah. So, okay, good. <laughs> Do y'all see that? Look, that he might sanctify and cleanse her. So, so watch, this is about marriage. It's a whole other thing. Can y'all give me 10 more minutes? Just 10 more minutes, okay? This is about marriage, watch. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Look, that he might present, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Look, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but look, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Now watch. 
I've always looked at that scripture and thought, okay, without spot, wrinkle, or, or blemish or anything. So this means that, you know, maybe there's a sin issue or there's a lukewarm issue, you know, where, where we've got blemishes. And I'm telling you, if there's anything that I walked away from with this encounter with Jesus, listen, sin, it's not the issue. We are forgiven. Boy, if there's anything that I, we are forgiven, we are washed by the blood of Jesus. Watch, that is not talking about justification or that the bride is half justified, okay? Here's what that's saying. The, think about a bride at a, at a wedding. You want her to be prepared. Her garment, what if a bride showed up to a wedding and she had stains on her dress and there were wrinkles and there were blemishes. Do you see, what would you say? Look, the groom loves her, right? The groom still want, is gonna marry her. The groom loves her, but what? She's not prepared. Why wasn't she prepared for this wonderful day? So what Jesus showed me was that there are practices that have been neglected in the church that provide, if you want to say, the equipment to get out the wrinkles and to get out the spots and to get out the blemishes so that the bride can be prepared. It's about preparation as the bride of Christ. And so that is, you know, leads to a whole bunch of things of water baptism, communion, the ministry of Jesus at the altar, uh, testimony, the ministry of the apostle, prophet, yeah. evangelist, pastor, teacher. Yeah, so here's what, so, so let's take water ba baptism. I've been talking about communion. So, so water baptism, as you saw, I was pretty passionate about on Sunday. So, so I've always, it was in our announcement still. I, I have to change it. And when I say we, I'm talking about me. Okay, I've always taught water baptism because it was how it was taught to me. Always taught water baptism. Hey, it's like the wedding ring. You know, it's, it's the outward symbol of your inward commitment. We just said that on the video. It's probably in our growth track class because that's how I'll talk. What do we do? We're identifying with Christ, his, his uh, death, burial, and resurrection. It's not about that. It's not, watch, watch, watch. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that in baptism we identify with Jesus. Listen, my kids, my wife does not say, you know, I identify as a Weems. She is a Weems. She doesn't identify. Watch, watch, so watch. It is about covenant. Jesus did die. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again. Yeah. It's not about us being identified with Christ. It's about us being crucified with Christ. Watch. That's not, that's not about us representing his death, burial, and resurrection. That's about your death. It's about your burial. It's about your resurrection and newness of life. It's your end of the covenant. So, do you see? That's he, he did his part of the covenant. Right, right. 
on the cross. You know what our ceremony is? You know what our saying yes to that covenant is? It's water baptism. That is a ceremony that has lost its meaning. We've esteemed it lightly, and so we don't have the power that God wants it to have in our lives. And also what water baptism is, and we're gonna talk about this later, the, 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 remember, we're a Gentile church, okay? We're not a Jewish church. We have Jewish believers in our church, Messianic Jews like Pastor Paul, okay? But watch, Jesus was a Jew. That early church, it's our roots are in Jew, it's a Jewish do you, do you see what I'm saying? And so, so they, they understood these things so well. So like the feast, all right? So we celebrate, you know, we call it Easter, but it's really Passover with Jesus as the fulfillment of that, our Passover lamb. Pentecost is coming up. And then in the fall are all the feasts that are really, it, with Jesus as your Messiah, those are about the return of Christ. You know, those are called holy convocations in the Bible. You know what convocation means? It means rehearsal. It means practice. What does any team do if they want to be prepared for a game? They've got to practice. It, do you see? We're, the bride's not prepared because we haven't been practicing. And, we, and, and we, we, we come up, watch. Just like I was talking about, so what about, just this is me when I say we, it's me. We come up with these new traditions because we just think, so we come up with new terms like decisions for Christ. That's just not, Jesus didn't say he who believes and makes a decision for Christ will be saved. He said he who believes and is baptized. I understand the water doesn't save you. I understand that, okay? We are saved by grace through faith. I understand that. But when you understand this is your ceremony of saying yes to a blood covenant with Jesus, we don't understand covenant. No wonder our marriages are a wreck. We don't understand covenant. Do you see? And, and for me, you know why I didn't? I, I, so I just thought, you know, I could just take you through so many scriptures. So listen, it's like this. Under, we have this thing like we're convincing people to come to Jesus. Like, please say the sinner's prayer. Please come down. Please raise your hand. I'm not ready. L listen, listen. Remember, sin is not the issue. Jesus' blood forgives all sin. It's, you, it's not an issue of you know, you've sinned, you've made so many mistakes. That's not an issue. Look at me. Like, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. That's not the issue. But let me tell you on our part what is. Have you counted the cost? We're not called to date Jesus. We're not called to be engaged to Jesus. We are called to marry Jesus in a covenant so I want to apologize. I, listen, I want to apologize to you as your pastor. I just didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know how this was affecting. Communion. You know the scripture? 
where Paul says he's talking to the Corinthian church and they're, they're, they're doing the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. And he says, some of you are sick and have fallen asleep. Watch, here's the bride. The, the bride is beautiful. Jesus loves the bride. But we're weakened. In some places, sick. We've fallen asleep. We need an awakening to the practices and purposes of God so that these, these convocations, these rehearsals, and, and, and all these, the, the sacraments and the, te- all these things can be done in God's prescribed manner so the church can be prepared and in glory and in power without spot or wrinkle or blemish. Are you following me? That's so, so I could talk a lot about that. Yeah. 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 So you know, it's like that. Like, where do we get that? We identify with Christ. That's such a, that's such a weak word. It's like, understand. Yes, there, there's a, there's a, that's what Jesus did, and so we're doing this. But it's Jesus did die, was buried, yeah. and rose again. He shed his blood for right. you. This is your death, yeah. the death of your old life. When Jesus, that vision I had, Jesus said, I knew if I took that bread, I knew if I took that bread, I was telling Jesus, go shed your blood for my sins. And I knew that I had a responsibility because my sins were sending him to that cross and I was saying, yes, go die, shed your blood for my sins. It was sacred. So it's not the cost of you've sinned, you've messed up. Jesus forgives all that, but it's like, this is a, you're living, it's, Paul said, I'm cru- not I'm identified, I'm crucified with Christ. Right. It is no longer I who live, but who? Christ who lives through me. When you go under that water, you know what you're saying? I'm crucified. The old yeah. me yeah. is dead. I, Jesus died for me, so my old man is dying for him. And when I come up, I'm coming up in the resurrection power of God. And now my life is not about me. It's about Jesus living his life through me. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Do we need to dis- dismiss? We can, but you know, one of the one of the things that you said to us. Well, I, let me just do this. Let me just do this. If you have kids, kids yeah. Let's just. It's a, and I and I and I so appreciate our our church and and how y'all have been lately about not leaving early, and 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 just waiting for the appropriate time yeah. because of what God's doing and. Um, you know, what you obtain cheaply, you esteem lightly. And uh, yeah. Jesus' salvation for us, it is not cheap. It cost him everything. And he's called his church, his followers, 
we're going to lay down our lives for him so he can live his life through us so we can carry on our Heavenly Father's mission. Amen. So look, I'm going to stay here, but in, in these next few minutes, if you need to go, if you have kids, understand, we've only, we haven't gotten very far. Yeah, yeah, we got, we, but, we got but I'm, I'll talk just another minute because I'm going to want the worship team to come up because I want to have a, a moment of One of the ministry. things that I know some, some people were saying, and you expressed to us the other, um, the other night on Monday night with all the pastors is, um, you know how a lot of us, I grew up like this, that, that signs, wonders, and miracles, like sure that happens at a revival. Oh, that's, that's an revival event, but, but, event but, but getting our minds past signs, wonders, Y'all and miracles. Y'all don't need to play yet. Y'all <laughs> just be up here. S- signs, wonders, and miracles aren't just for the event. But it's really what God, you said what God was showing you is that all that we're experiencing here in these, in these early months of 2018 is that this isn't, this isn't an event that we are like, well, of course a healing's supposed to happen during the event. But, it, but if we will gain this revelation of Jesus and, and like you just said, um, uh, esteem these practices, not lightly, but, but in the manner in which they are meant for us, that that signs, wonders, and miracles are something that we should be walking in and experiencing all the time. It's not, it's not event-driven. It's so, so, yeah, so, you know, I've had people tell me, like, yeah, it's, you know, it's revival, like, like signs, wonders, and miracles. And, and, yes, that's taking place, but this is, it's much, much deeper. This is prophetic building blocks of restoration that God wants to restore in the church, watch, because revival should be the norm. Right. We're not even to, what we call revival is not even at the norm yeah, yeah. of what God wants to happen in his church. And so, so those things can't happen unless we have a return to what the church was built on and what is just prescribed in the Bible, I'm the, I've been the most guilty of it. And I, I, I didn't know. But now I'm reading through the Bible and I'm like, wow, we haven't been doing that. We haven't been doing that. You know, and, and we come up, I say we, I'm talking about me, we come up with these things like, well, yeah, we can do that, you know, three times a year in an encounter night. Or, you know, we can kind of do that at the freedom retreat. Or, you know, we can count, we can't really, you know, we don't have enough time and we just, you know, we, we just got to get um, people saved or whatever. It, it, there's just all these little things and phrases and, and, and things that we do. I did. And there's... We're neglecting the very pattern that Jesus and the apostles laid down for the church to walk in power and be prepared. So that's, that's where, that, that's part of that mission. Yeah. 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 Amen. There's a, there's a lot. I'm, I don't know how much more you want to cover. I mean, this is, we got, we got material for way more services. And so. Yeah, yeah. I just think, I just think, why don't we just go into a worship song? Yeah. And, uh, man, yeah, I want to talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about, but I, I, let's just, I want to, there's, this is a good, this is a good stopping, stopping place yeah. right here. And we'll pick it up on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And, um, 
and then I'll be, I'll be talking to the staff tomorrow. Um, so we'll record that too and maybe put that up yeah. online. Okay? Yeah. Uh, awesome. You guys are awesome. Amen. And Jesus is, Jesus is just, what a Savior, huh? What a Savior. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Get, put your hands together for our Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.